Hey folks, Andrew Packer here. Welcome to Trading Tips. Today I want to talk a bit about the investment strategies of the person considered to be the world's greatest investor. It's Warren Buffett, who famously resides in Omaha, Nebraska, far away from the noise of Wall Street, where he's quietly built a tiny fortune into one of the largest. He routinely tops the top two or three people on the Forbes 400 list for net worth. He was competing neck and neck with Bill Gates for years before Amazon's Jeff Bezos shot up in recent years. So when it comes to his investment strategy, there's a lot of things that are pretty well known. He's a value guy. He likes to buy and hold indefinitely, possibly forever. He likes businesses he can understand and things of that nature. But there's actually really two Warren Buffetts. There's sort of the Warren Buffett we kind of know now, and then there's sort of the earlier Warren Buffett. And that's who I want to talk about today. This is the Warren Buffett of the 1960s, who started a private investment partnership with some family and friends, pulling together about $100,000 initially in Omaha after he moved back there from a, uh, working for a few years in New York. This early Warren Buffett really used two main investment strategies that, while not entirely replicatable today, still offer investors with smaller amounts of capital an opportunity to make some market-beating investments. So the first of these is what was known as net nets. The idea behind the net net is that this was a company that was trading for less than the value of all of the cash or cash equivalents or assets on it. In other words, you could buy up all of the shares of a company for a price, say a dollar a share, but it might have had a dollar fifty or two dollars a share of cash, treasury bills, assets that could be sold off, something like that. The fact that there was a working business behind it after backing that out made it just a tremendous and deep value play. Now, early Warren Buffett was very heavy on, on things like this, and there were also just a lot more opportunities for this in the early 1960s, and yeah, occasionally uh, here and there a little later, like the bear market of the 1970s. Now today, these types of opportunities are extremely rare, at least in US markets. There are a lot of value investors out there who want to buy incredibly cheap companies when these opportunities do come along. They don't tend to last very long. So as a strategy today, it's a lot harder to find these opportunities simply because they're, they're pretty easy to search for and develop you know, a program to identify them and, and buy them right away, which kind of eliminates some of the, the advantages. And another tool that early Buffett used is one called arbitrage or ARB for short. The idea behind arbitrage is that you have two or three different markets where the same security is trading. And maybe in one market, it's trading for $99 a share, but in another market, it's trading for $101 a share. So what you would do to engage in arbitrage would be to buy shares here at 99 and then immediately turn around and sell them in this market for 101. Now, it's a tiny little profit, obviously, just $2 here. And as you keep buying here, you're probably going to start bidding the price up. And as you start selling here, you're going to start bidding this price down. So eventually, they're going to they're converge probably around $100 in this simple example. So these arbitrage opportunities, they can occasionally exist in markets today. But these are, instead of being this wide, you might be talking about a penny or two difference, where once you account for just the trading costs of getting in and out of the trade, You'd have to either have very deep pockets, which a lot of you know, speed traders running algorithms can do, or you know, you've got to find an opportunity that's out there before anyone else does where there's still a wide trade. Looking at some of these strategies, it's clear that markets in the earlier Buffett days were much more inefficient, and there was much more value that could be driven out of them. And just finding a lot of these trades over and over again for small and consistent profits were a pretty good idea. Now, 
Even though these trades have largely gone by the wayside, there is a far more interesting variation of arbitrage. It's, it's called arbitrage, but it's really just sort of betting on mergers. It's called merger arbitrage, or I'm just going to call it, you know, a merger trade. This is when a company that's maybe trading at 40 gets a buyout offer at 50 by a different company. Now, we see mergers all the time in the business world today. They seem incredibly popular. It's a great way to get your company in the news if you're a CEO. If you want to drive growth, one of the best ways to do it is to just simply buy another company that has growth and hopefully you know, sell people on the idea that you're going to have some really good synergy and you're going to be able to combine a lot of you know, great ideas together and save money on the back end and, and all sorts of fancy things. But when a merger is announced, you say, hey, we're going to buy shares of this company at 50. If they're trading at 40, they're not going to immediately go to 50. They might go to, say, 48. And what 48 tells us is that the market thinks there's a pretty good chance that this is going to go through as a merger. But there's still a little bit of uncertainty. So if you're going to do merger arbitrage, this is when you wait to buy at 48 with the expectation that, yeah, I expect the merger to go through. And if it goes through in a few months, you're only going to make a few dollars a share. But if you can replicate those kinds of returns a few times a year, then suddenly you're looking at consistent market-beating returns. So this is a way to replicate some of early Warren Buffett's success. Now, and the, at the end of the 60s, Buffett decided to close his partnership, and he also did something rather unusual. He finally bought enough shares of a publicly traded company where he could take control and use that as his investment vehicle going forward. That's the company we know today, Berkshire Hathaway. At the time, it was a small, almost a net-net situation. It was a textile company making linens for the insides of men's suits, a very commodity-heavy you know, price business where you're very much at the mercy of the market. But they had a lot of cash and they had a lot of resources that could be used. So these are some of the strategies that a young Warren Buffett used to make market-beating returns for himself and for the people in his partnership. And as the 60s ended and he ended up owning a publicly traded company, he was able to simultaneously take a very different course because he had a much more permanent pool of capital, but he also had to think about the underlying business that he now owned. So we'll look at that in another video. So that'll wrap things up for this edition of Trading Tips. Until next time, I'm Andrew Packer, wishing you good trading and good financial health.